is Sunday School for Misfits, hosted by me, Dr. Selena Stone, a podcast where we, the Misfits, explore the good, the bad, and the questionable of our church experiences and the Christian beliefs and perspectives that we were taught. Welcome and thank you for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sunday School for Misfits. I'm so excited today because it's the first time I have a family member on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> this is my cousin Jess for those who can't see she's smiling really nicely now you might have known Jess because she's the famous one in the family no <laughs> if you know Grizzle Bold, then like you know who Jess is Jess is my cousin this is my claim to fame in fact I have to tell a story now because there was one day when I was at work minding my own business Jess and this guy came up to me who I did I did I worked with him for a while so he wasn't totally mad but he was like the other day I was at home and I came in my house and I heard this voice and I was like, that sounds like Selena. And I went into the room and my wife was watching this person. She looked like you, but she's doing DIY. I said, no, I said, no way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. I said, this is my cousin, right? He's <laughs> taking over the universe of DIY. For the girls, it's so good, Jess. It's yeah. so exciting. So this is how people might know you already, but I'm here, I wanted to get you on today because I wanted to have a conversation about motherhood. And this is going out on Mother's Day. We're recording this in advance, but Mother's Day can be a day that is full of so many different feelings for so many people. And I feel like as a kid, Mother's Day for me was just pure joy. Like it was like planning what I'm going to do for mom, thinking about the card I was going to make, getting the other kids in line for Mother's Day. Yeah. Thinking about later on, you know, where we're going to eat, where we're going to take mum, how we're going to make it all special. I never really thought that Mother's Day would ever be anything but that. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably how a lot of us might grow up. Although, of course, for some people, they have the shock earlier on of either losing a mum or having a mum who's just not very good as a mum. Having a mum who you'd rather not have. That's the reality for some people. Like they have a mum and they're like, this person hasn't been what everyone's saying mum should be. Um, so people are processing those kinds of feelings people have lost mums like me people want to be mums and aren't mums yet are waiting to be mums they've been mums of kids who've been stillborn or miscarried like the list goes on in terms of yeah what how much the stake can hold for people and by now people will know that I'm never going to do the normal mother's day thing on mother's day because I always have in my mind the people who are most vulnerable most struggling at any, at any particular time and so it felt like today was the day to do a talk about delayed motherhood, difficulties, fertility, all those kinds of things. Um, and I asked you just because you've been open about this. It's such a personal journey, but you're somebody yeah. who has been open about this online. Like, how have you come to that point of feeling like you want to talk about this publicly? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I'm quite transparent. And I don't know if I've always been that tra- this transparent, but I've always been an open person mm. and I like to talk. So talking is, I'm not even going to, can I say therapy for me? Talking is a way to keep me sane. Yeah. It's a way to keep me level-headed. It's a way to keep me focused. It helps me to deal with my situations. Um, so although I've never been this transparent before, it's I suppose it's just evolved I've become more transparent with time 
and it's just my way of dealing with whatever situation I'm going through so yeah, yeah it's just a it's just how I how, how I cope yeah I get it I feel like a lot of us are like yeah the talking talking is a way of processing as you say and just coming to terms with what we're dealing with and what we're what we're kind of going through yeah but to go like all the way back like to you being a child and obviously I yeah. know your mom yeah you do oh auntie Anne, the legend the living legend no what, honestly the living you, legend she literally is like oh she's and this is that's another story that yeah you know there's just so many stories around me that I'm just like everyone's story needs to be told but yeah. when you look back at your experiences of motherhood yeah as a as a as a child what are your what were your experiences what are your reflections on the kind of motherhood you experienced and yeah. I guess that might also be about Nan as well yeah was that come offer to you as well at the same time honestly I think mom sometimes I can't even put into words what she means to me um she has always been like she's so oh okay let me start my <laughs> mom is amazing she and is. I know a lot of people say that about their moms but there's something about my mother now the thing is we rile each other up we have banter I annoy her she annoys me but there is something about her that has made me the woman that I am today yeah she's ambitious she is so in tune with herself she is confident she is independent mm. she is a goal get like she's just she's a go-getter she if she sees something if she wants to achieve it she'll do it she's funny so, she's kind she's so generous she's and everything. so kind she's yeah. an all-round she's an all-rounder I feel like she's my mom and my friend yeah she's the person that I, if something bad is going on I do call my husband but I, so I probably do call my mom to <laughs> because she's just she listens she hears she advises um so growing up with a mother like that is inspiring I think at, at one stage when I didn't know what career I was, I was doing I didn't know what I wanted to study I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life it was kind of intimidating to have a mother like my mother yeah my mom's achieving all this stuff she wants the best out of us and yeah. I'm here lost we're sitting down talking about careers and I'm like I don't want to do any of that Mm. (laughs) and then sometimes I could see like a slight disappointment in her eyes because I knew she wanted the best for me she wanted me to achieve she wanted me to be great um and the thought of ever disappointing her was hard yeah but then when I did achieve something she was right next to me she was supporting me encouraging me so it was that kind of tough love encouraging love but she's nurturing at the same time so Mm. I think growing up with a mother like that was brilliant because you wanted to do more you wanted to do better but if something happened and you failed at something and and you didn't quite meet the mark she was also there to kind of pick you up and make you feel like it's going to be okay so it was a bit of both she's a a good balance it's such a such a good balance because as you were saying that I was thinking about people I know whose mums have only ever had plans and ambitions for them, but don't handle well when that child wants a different path or yeah. doesn't come up to the standard they've set. And, yeah. and that's some of the stuff that I think can be difficult on a day mm-hmm. like this is to be, to come to terms with the fact that your mum feels disappointed towards you. Yeah. 
and that's not always anything you have to deal with because people's expectations can be ridiculous so sometimes it is just like well she's gonna have to process that then yeah. but that could be so that could be so hard that's your problem <laughs> that sounds like a you problem <laughs> but it can be so difficult because you yeah. want there to be that sense of she's proud of me and to not have that is 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 difficult yeah. um I think similarly I feel like I definitely had that same experience of a mom who was just like the number one cheerleader yeah <laughs> like anything I'd say to a mom I want to do she'd be like of course you can I'd be like yeah. mom when you say of course yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember saying to her I wanted to do a PhD yeah and she was like of course you can now she has no idea <laughs> what it involves <laughs> she has no idea what it involves right but she's thinking I know that you're smart I know that you have discipline I know that when you set your mind to something you can do it and I had seen her like yeah. have four kids go to uni afterwards be yeah. up late, like handwriting her essays, like yeah. get, doing all her notes. Handwriting. Listen, yeah. she must have had like a few O levels from yeah. school, got into uni, got a two, like got a two one, went to her graduate. Like I watched all this happen. So for me, I was like, anything is possible. Like I could do anything. Yeah. And with her championing me all the time. Um, I think it was it was a winning combination and I and I honestly think that I, I sometimes look at other people and I think of all the privileges that you can have I think having somebody like a parent in your corner yeah or a relative yeah. in your corner a random person who just takes you in as their own yeah. who is just like I'm going to make it my business to champion you to nurture you to to get you to believe that you can do something like that is what mothering I think is in its essence yeah and I think I'm so fortunate so blessed to have had that experience because you don't get to choose your parents no it's the thing that you don't get a say in at all you just you're just born to people or you come to people through adoption and you don't know like how they're going to be like and they have such a huge impact on the person that you become huge yeah and I think you're right you don't get to choose your parents and parents don't get to choose unless it is through adoption mum never got to choose me Mm. but I wanted to make sure that the struggle she went through through pregnancy at the end of it she had a child that she was happy with (laughs) and proud of because you know like she probably went through a lot and mum went back to uni when she was 29 and I must have been about seven but I remember her saying that she didn't want us to grow up. She wanted to do the best for us. Mm. Um, and even though I was a child and, oh my God, was that a spider? No, oh, it wasn't. No, yes. no, it's fine. Just think keep your eyes No, so even though I, as a child, I don't remember much, I remember being with Nan and Grandad a lot. So they were basically like my parents as well yeah. because mum had to go. She was a single parent. She had to go to uni. Mm. She would drop me off at granddad's and take Bria to creche. So I was, granddad would take me to school. Nan would, you know, they'd bring me back home. Yeah. So it's like I had multiple parents yeah. raising me. Um, and obviously Nan was the one that was praying. Nan was the one that was always praying for us grandchildren, always praying for me. And even though she's passed on, 
I know that those prayers are still being answered. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, there's there's different parts of motherhood and I feel like God kind of provided all of that through many different women mm-hmm. when you were saying that you know it just made me really think about all the different women who've had a role in my own like life yeah especially my spiritual journey yeah and the women at church the aunties at church and the church yes. mothers yes the kind ones that look out for you and pray and the ones who you want to pray for you when you're having a rough time. Like, yeah. And what you said about the prayers still answered that. I think that is what I thought about so much more as I watched my life unfold after my mom's passed on is that I'm still living in the, in the life that she prayed for me. Yeah. It's it's such a mysterious, amazing thing to think that you could pass on and the things you prayed for your, children yeah. for your friends for your community for your family can still be having effects because yeah. it's like although we don't see them their life carries on after yeah. death and we're still connected it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it's like the prayers transcend yeah so it doesn't matter whatever you've prayed it's gone yeah so when you're gone that prayer is still there it's just hanging there it's the set yeah it's, that is beautiful it really is but when you when you like think back to being a kid yeah what were your and I guess maybe not that far back but when did you did you ever think I really want to be a mum was it something you thought this is just a (laughs) taken for granted thing that I'm going to do so I'm going to be totally honest basically when me and my sister grew up she was the maternal one I was the not so maternal one <laughs> to the point where auntie, auntie, uncle, mom would make jokes. I remember being in the kitchen <laughs> at my mom's house and all my mom, my auntie, and my uncle were all making jokes about me being non-maternal um, because I wasn't as maternal as other people. And then sometimes I had to think sometimes I had to sit down and be like, why am I not like everybody else, like every child that they see? Why am I not like, oh my God, so gushy as a teenager and early 20s? But so that's what they meant. Like when you saw babies, you were not like, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, I wasn't that fussed. Yeah, 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 I really like, oh. wasn't. I wasn't even that fussed. Like yeah. some people were really good. Or if a baby was there, they knew exactly what to do. And I'm just like, oh. So when my little <laughs> brother was born, I was like, my sister would be feeding, changing, yeah, all of this. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, okay, cool, right. cool. cool. <laughs> So then them like, used to have jokes. I remember my auntie telling me, you know, Jess, she took me to the side once and she was like, you know, you don't have to have children if you don't want to. Oh, and wow. I said, yeah, honestly, I'll tell you which auntie after. But she did say that to me and I was like, is it, is it really that deep? What am I sending out? And what am I putting out for people to be saying, you know, you don't have to have that children if you so don't want hilarious, to. Yeah. So I'm growing up with this and I'm hearing these things. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, God, what's happening? And even before marriage, I remember having a conversation with my husband and saying, he asked me the question. I was like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, you must know. Yes or no. Yes or no. And I'm like, I don't really know. He goes, we need to have this conversation. And I remember being at that time, I wanted to marry him. We'd been, we knew each other from when we were 14. First got together at 17. We're now 23 or whatever. And, what, and he's asking me this question, but all this time I've known him, I want to marry him. 
Mm. I want to live with him. I want to go on holiday with him. Yeah. Growing up in my church, you don't, you're not supposed to date. You're not supposed to do none of these things. So I'm like, I just want to go on a holiday. We're going to get married. <laughs> so really thinking ahead, I wasn't yeah. really thinking about it that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't until we got married and we bought a house. And I remember walking around the house. And I'm like, oh, this, this is a nice three bedroom house. And I walked into the small room and it suddenly hit me like a wave. I can't even explain. I went into that room and I thought, this could be a nursery. And imagine all this time, I've yeah, not really yeah, been thinking yeah, about children. Yeah. I've not been thinking about being a mother. And I go into this little room and I'm like, oh, and I'm getting emotional. I'm thinking, whoa, mm. I can visualize it. I'm now a wife. So I'm now married. And, that's why I'm, and I look into the room and I'm thinking, this could be a nursery. It's so, so interesting. No, yeah. I've not thought it my whole life. Because mm. some people really want to only marry for the kids. Like some people, and I don't know, I don't know if people say this out loud. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely like had a feeling. They'll do. Or someone's <laughs> kind of been like, you know, I really wanted to have kids, so I married him. And I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, and I get it because it's like, you know, it takes two. Yeah. Or people who will, like, you know, be on it from there, want to have kids, I want to have kids. Doesn't matter yeah. whether the guy is the one they want to be forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. want to be a mom. People who will say, you know what, I haven't met the right person. I'm going to find a sperm donor, get IVF on my own, whatever, to because they really want to be a mom. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes that's, like, the only story you hear about it. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. always knew, it's in, as a woman, it's in your instincts. Yeah you don't want to have a baby and you know that from your certain age and actually like for some people it, it's a, a very a very different process yeah. and it occurred to me once because I was really going back and forth in my head about this one day and I, and I and I had the same thought that actually when if I meet the person and I say that because the feeling I have changes whether I definitely will or whether not like yeah, yeah. well regardless that 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 person I'll be like with that person it will become yeah. clear to me because yeah. then I'll be like okay I now I can see this because yeah. I it's you that I want actually yeah, yeah and I can see us having a child but for me yeah. imagining it as a kind of unpartnered person just feels like a very random thing yeah. to kind of imagine what that would be like um but I think I remember the first time I met someone who didn't want to have kids. I didn't think it was even okay to say that because yeah. it had just been taken for granted that this is something that every every woman wants, you know. So I didn't even really know that you could even really ask that question. Yeah. And I think it probably is an important thing because I think um, it's such a big decision. It's such a big yeah. decision to even be open to the possibility of having a child and not as you said as you said like not knowing what that child what that child's going to be like yeah and being prepared for any need for any eventuality a child having special needs yeah. a child be like expressing themselves in ways that you might not agree with a child being like in any kind of way that like you, you you put out a kind of an invitation yeah yeah <laughs> to say I want to welcome a child and you don't actually know unless you're adopting the child or fostering the child you don't really know what kind of child you're gonna you're gonna have yeah and the commitment you're making to love that child regardless which is how we should parent if we're gonna parent is like it's such a huge act of faith more so than even getting married because actually you pick the person when you marry someone and actually you don't get to do any of that when it comes to having a child 
so it is a real a real journey of faith and I think especially with me not always being maternal I think when I had that moment of realization that actually children are what I want in my future I had to because I was old enough now it wasn't like I wanted children my whole life and that's it whatever happens I'm having children because I hadn't always had that in my mind when I got to that I was older by that point and it was easy to be like okay if I want children how is this going to look how is it going to feel what what am I going to do consciously as a mother what kind of mother do I want to be so it was nice having that realization in adulthood so I could consciously really think about what motherhood means to me Mm. and what kind of mother I wanted to be and I feel like if I wanted to be a mother my whole life I wouldn't really be thinking about that I'd just be like yeah I want to be a mother let's do this Mm. and do it um but yeah I was able to really think about it what kind of mother do I want to be yeah I think that's so good about like consciously thinking about what kind of parent do you want to be like it's so it's so major, you know, and, and even processing how you were parented and saying, yeah. what about those things do I want to carry on with my own kids? Yeah. And what do I want to stop? And, yeah. and not because you're casting any judgment on your own parents because they did the best they could. Yeah. But like, what does it mean for you to be conscious of what you're bringing to parenting in the same way that you do that with any relationship? But like you don't just wander into a marriage without thinking about how have you been affected by other relationships? What kind of partner do you want to be? Like, yeah. it, it's the same kind of level of, of intentionality, even more so yeah. with, a, with a parenting situation. It takes so much thought if you want to do it consciously. Yeah. I think even having, growing up in a single parent household, my view of a house was very much it was determined by what I've grown up with Mm. and although I had my grandparents in my house was my mum and my sister growing up as a child until my little brother came so I've I've had that in my mind my mum is a very independent woman and she doesn't like anyone being taken for granted or anyone being less than who they are or being treated less than who they are so I I remember in in the beginning of my relationship with my husband having that kind of battle because I'm like I'm independent woman you know you can't tell me what to do and it wasn't working it really wasn't working and so you know Aaron like it wasn't working and Aaron is not a bully he will be like telling he's you not what a bully. to do you know what I mean nah, he's just not for a the bully listeners at all. he might yeah, be like yeah, telling not, you what to do no no he's not telling you what to do but I think me trying to be demanding I'm not naturally that kind of person and when it comes to my husband that does not work And I had to realise that I can't be like my mum. I can't follow in her footsteps. She had to do that because she was a single mother Mm. and she had to be independent and raise us as strong women. But then me going into a marriage, I'm now having to learn what does this mean, to learn who I want to be, how I want to be, and having those discussions about parenthood before we even get there. Yeah. And you've spoken publicly about starting IVF. Yeah, you shared just uh, just a bit before about having this room and thinking this could be a nursery, and you realizing this is what I want now. How was the journey? How's the how has the journey been for you so far? Were you even imagining when you had that feeling in that room about this could be a room for a nursery? Yeah, did it ever enter your mind that that might not be a straightforward journey? 
no. I thought I was fully expected to have like two right now. Mm. I think the plan the plan was two. And I really thought by now, how old am I? I'm 31. I thought I would have had my two. I thought yeah. this house would be full, full of noise, full of mess. You know, I did not expect that how all these years down the line, five years down the line, we we, we don't have children. Mm. So that in itself was like, oh, okay. I'm always a believer that I'm trusting God and his timing and his plan for our life. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting to not have children now. And so you spoke a little bit about believing in God's timing. When did you decide to start IVF and how did you come to that conclusion? Because some people might think, well, if it's going to be God's timing, then I'm not going to do IVF. In fact, I don't want to do it at all. Did Abraham and Sarah have IVF? Did you you could really go? Did Hannah and what's her husband's name? Yeah. What's Hannah's husband's name? Forgot anyway. Did Hannah and her husband have IVF? No, God intervened and did yep. something and then yep. they had a baby. So how did you come to the point of thinking, you know what, we're going to do IVF? Was that was there a battle for you in deciding to do it? There was no battle. Okay. <laughs> there, was, there was no battle because in my head and in my heart, however it's going to happen, you know what it is? God promised me personally. And the thing is, I wasn't even going to share that, but I, I kind of shared it and Instagram every day and mm. um, I was going to keep that to myself but God promised me already so I'm trusting in that promise and I don't does care that how mean, like, does that mean like a personal thing to you a personal okay. to me it wasn't like I read a scripture and be like oh okay no 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 okay. to me personally and that is what I'm holding on to mm. so I don't even care if it's either God can do it however he wants to do it and I know lots of people be like oh, this is how Ishmael happened because Sarah, you know, Abraham tried to tried to fiddle and meddle and <laughs> do all this. And, I, I, you know, I get, I get your point. But I also know that God can do things in whatever way he chooses. The way he healed blind, Jesus healed blind people many different ways. Um, it doesn't, I, there's no part of me that feels like, oh my God, are we doing the wrong thing? Because whether we have a child through IVF or we have a child naturally, Either way, it's going to be the way God intended, the way God, God plans. So I'm personally okay with it. I've never mm-hmm. had a, oh, I've never had a moment like that. And did you ever think that adoption or fostering kids would be the way? Is that another option in your mind? Or is it like, we want to have our natural baby, whether that's through IVF or through our own means? I've always wanted to have my husband's children. Now, I'm not saying that adoption's never been an idea because especially talking to my mum my mum works in social work assistant Mm. director in child protection social work and me and my mum have had conversations about the amount of especially black children they don't there's no homes for them and there's no one taking them in Mm. they're less likely to be picked for adoption so it's not like it's never been a thought it's never been on my mind but there is some I just there's something about having my husband's children mm. that I can't shake. Yeah. So I don't know what happens in our future. I don't know what how what happens going forward. But I, I, yeah. So that's what it's, you're hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. Mm. But I, I know for someone. I, I, I've, on even on Instagram, a girl said, 
why is adoption not your first point of call? Why? I mean, you first of why all, it's you... no one's right to even demand that you have that as your first point of call. Do you know what it is? Because I'm so open on Instagram, I know for a fact people are going to take that and want to ask questions. And to be honest, I'm not offended by the majority of questions. People are curious. I'm open. I've kind of put myself in that position where I'm inviting questions. I'm inviting people kind of into my life. So questions are fine because um, she was adopted and she was just like, why is adoption not your first protocol? Why do you have to go down the IVF route? Um, so there are many opinions and people are going to live their lives the way they live their lives. And I'm not one to be offended by people's opinions. Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> well, my family seems to defend me more than I defend myself. Just because of the tone in it. There's the difference between saying, tough, you know, yeah, I was adopted and it was like, yeah. and my parents always said how we were, it was for them. Yeah. And I just want to suggest this as like another option. It was, why don't you want to? Yeah, that's how I took it. Why don't you? <laughs> With the neck roll. <laughs> that's how I <laughs> it's just too much like I like I think I have always had a feeling that I'd like to adopt kids like I've always had that feeling around motherhood like for me I've thought adopting or having them naturally would be to me equal but that's I think because I'm unpartnered if I had a whole husband I think I'd be yeah. like we need to do this yeah together yeah. because that would be probably be what I think you'd, you'd kind of want to make a baby together and like I get that yeah. I get why that would feel like the thing you'd want to do do you do you have any room in your mind for what if this doesn't happen or are you totally like it's gonna happen I it's, it's a weird one I genuinely feel a hundred percent confident it's going to happen mm. and I'm not like up until yesterday that's never come out my mouth or to be honest, I typed it because I kind of wanted to keep that to myself. I also yeah. don't want to make God a liar. So yeah. it's like that battle between <laughs> my faith is at this point, but other people's faith in this situation. I know people are looking at me sideways, like, okay, girl, like just the face out, you know what I mean? Like all of this. And I'm trying, I'm <laughs> so I'm in that, I'm in that kind of battle. And you can I only believe... be true to your faith. You can only be yeah. true to your faith in it. Like, you can't pretend yeah. to be unsure if you feel like yeah. this is going to happen in it. There's certain things I'm not confident on. I don't know if me and Erin will be able to afford to have two cars. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to move house. I don't know if that's going to happen. But for this, I am so confident. That's and amazing, when I'm 50, you, know. you get back to me. Like, because... It's going to be evidence now. It's going to be no evidence. <laughs> of me saying this but I do I'm really confident I really am I, no, really, I really am. love this for you and I only I say because you know sometimes I think and the podcast listeners will know that I swing between like I have a great experiences of God's actual intervention in my life yeah and then yeah. so much befuddlement <laughs> about things that have gone so badly or not worked out that I don't have my confidence yeah. like this yeah yeah in terms of like my yeah. own things that someday I'm like you know what so like last year for example I quit my job without a job to go to yeah because I was 100% confident that the door was going to open for me to have the job of my actual dreams and yeah. it happened. now that for me yeah. is still yeah. I still can't quite process what that was because yeah I struggle with doubt on a regular basis 
<laughs> so first of all, it's not like me to do that because I'm yeah. a planner. Like I plan years in advance. So for me to just decide after months of prayerful reflection and processing that I had to resign yeah. my job, yeah, it was because I was 100% sure that it was going to work out or yeah. I would not have done that. Yeah. So I can get that level of certainty over things that seem irrational. Yeah. People who Impossible. Are yeah. You know, because it's like, I don't do that. But I felt it in my, in my body, in my gut. I was like, this yeah. is 100% for real. I know yeah. what I have to do. And it's going to work out. And it's worked out, yeah. So yeah. I get it. I, I can then, understand that certainty. Yeah. So when I had, so in 2020, I lost the pregnancy and it was ectopic, meaning it was in the wrong place. It was stuck in my tube. No way. They said it was no way that it was going to go to full term. So then I had to end that pregnancy. So when that happened, I remember being, uh, we, I had to go to the hospital back and forth. I had to check my levels, check whether it was in the right place. I couldn't see it. It was like two weeks of going to the hospital. And I remember the last time we were going to the hospital, um, I was in the car with Aaron and I'm like, you know, I prayed, it's going to be fine. You know, I prayed, it's going to be fine. I, you know, my faith is high. What was Aaron Aaron saying? Was re- Aaron was really quiet in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I can so imagine. I feel, like he, I feel like he had the, the revelation that, you know, it probably, <laughs> the it probably it's, yeah, that it probably oh, wasn't yeah. happening. But I was really like, you know what? They told me to pray in, in the last preaching was, you know, pray and see what God does. And it did not happen. And when I tell you my faith plummeted, because really I'm thinking, God, you're out of order. I was, I was pretty frank. In my prayer time, I was pretty frank. And I'm like, I was a little bit mad, really. Because yeah. I'm thinking you're supposed Just to. Just a little bit, you know. I'd be absolutely like, rage. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? And then I'm having to go to the hospital for two weeks straight. And I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for two weeks straight. Oh. And then I have to get an injection to end it. And then the first injection didn't work. And I have to go back for a second injection. Yeah. So I'm thinking, mate, God, please, please, please. What is this? So after that, my faith plummeted. And I was really not in the mood mm. for anything. Prayer, I couldn't pray. Couldn't worship. Couldn't do anything. I was really so down about it. Um, and I think it took a while for my faith to get back up. And I realized that this is a test of my faith. This is a test of my belief. This is a test of what am I going to hold on to? So imagine I had that promise way before and then this happened. It's like, are you still going to believe me when this happens, when the promise seems to be gone, when the promise seems to be fading? Are you still going to believe in me? And I think after a while, I was like, you know what? I'm going to believe 100%. 100%. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe 100%. And I think from then, I've just had such a peace with it. So Mm. even though I know that people might be looking sideways and be like, okay, you know, we'll see. We'll hope and see. I'm I'm believing ahead Mm. of time. Mm. But I get it. Some, you know, you know, it's that. But you know, I can. And I wonder whether part of the whole process is, for me, this definitely, I mean, the, re- the ultimate reason why I struggle with, with believing in things that yeah. until it happens, I, I'm still like, you know, 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from when I have that real sense of, yeah, and that again, that for me is quite, is it rare? I don't know. 
I think I, I don't, I wouldn't even have said God told me that I was going to get a job, but I think I said, I don't feel like I necessarily need something to happen from the outside to give me that certainty yeah. at this yeah. point. Like I don't, I don't, for me, it wasn't like, and I think you were saying the same thing. It wasn't that I was just kind of trying to rev myself up to believe it or some prophet person gave me a word about this. It was like, as I sat there thinking about it, I had certainty that this was going to be yeah. the work out in this particular way. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time I'm like, I have a, a strong hope, but also I need to process what if this doesn't work out? Like my brain works. Yeah. My, my brain finds peace by yeah. processing all the outcomes and believing that I'll be okay regardless. Yeah. So for me, my faith now, but I'm like, I don't know whether I'll get to be a mom. Yeah. It's believing that whether I have a, get to have my own baby naturally, whether I adopt a child, whether I decide mothering isn't for me, in all of those situations, I'm going to be blessed and life's going to be good. Yeah. And yeah. for me, that is how my faith works, is by... Yeah exploring all the outcomes of what may or may not happen yeah and knowing that whatever is going to be well with me yeah and because for me I have I and I've swung between it of like zeroing in and this is going to happen for me yeah but actually I don't I think when I've tried to gear myself up to believe that it takes so much energy <laughs> that I've just like it lasts for, for a few months and then I'm like but god this thing happened again and I'm just so disappointed yeah but I think it's like having that when you have that instinctive feeling of that knowing yeah I think of that as like a gift of faith that God gives you that certainty that God gives you that isn't you hyping yeah. yourself up or just like reading these declarations over and over again trying to get yourself into this thing it's like yeah. no, I actually, when I sit still and I'm at rest I fundamentally believe that this is going to work out yeah and that yeah. is the kind of peaceful faith that I think is different for me than trying to hype myself up to like yeah. reading the declaration on the mirror in the morning and yeah. it's too much energy. <laughs> Decreeing and declaring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I think this is the only thing that I feel that that level of faith with, that level of confidence with. There's nothing else. Mm, it's not like every so minute today. I'm so confident that I'm gonna. This is happening to me. Oh, today, yeah. this is nothing else. Else, I'm not confident wow. in anything else. Yeah, I don't have yeah. that kind of. This is going to happen about anything else. This is the only thing. So it's, and the thing is, I'm not one to say God said. A lot of yeah. people are saying God said this. <laughs> I am not doing that. You know, I'm not about to make God a liar. Um, but in this scenario, in this situation, in this experience, I can't explain it. But the confidence is is there. The confidence, not in me, not in the doctors. Yeah. My confidence in God is there, and I can't shift it. It's so interesting. I I like to hear it because it's it's so it's just different, you know, in yeah. terms of like how we wrestle with these difficult things that like so often we can just not have to have that kind of certainty but yeah. are there things you've talked about your confidence in God and your faith like how has your faith helped you or have there been things that have been difficult for you in this journey 
yeah when you read the scriptures or you go to church are there things that have been difficult for you or things that have been mainly helpful as you've journeyed through this you've kind of touched on this already to be fair to be honest difficulty there was one stage where everything to do with motherhood upset me like I was crying constantly someone's pregnancy announcement in tears somebody gives birth in tears Mm. mother's day in tears there was one Sunday it was mother's day at church and they were giving out the gift. They told all the mothers to stand. I left. Oh, yes. I left there. And, was, and then I walked into the mother and baby room. And that's the only room that's closest. Oh, and I'm there just crying. So my faith has been, like, shaken. It has been difficult. I don't know how I've got to this stage where I can see a pregnancy announcement and it's okay. Or I can see a pregnant woman and it's mm. okay. But there was a stage where I was, and only people going through it could understand. It was a very difficult, it was mm. a very difficult time. I couldn't even, it was a very good, difficult time. Just so I think even when, when, when my sister was pregnant at the same time as me and I lost the baby, that was awful. I remember mum had to tell me and she sat me down and she told me and I cried like I've not cried ever. That cry was like from my, from my core mm. cry and I was, I was torn the whole time because this is my sister. It's her first pregnancy. I'm her big sister. I want to be her support, her encourager. I want to make sure she gets through it and she's feeling good. But I'm also broken. Yeah. So then that was the battle that I'm going through is I'm your big sister. I want to be there for you if you're upset. If whatever's going through your head, I want you to be able to talk Mm. to me about it. But also... I might not be able to hear it yeah. at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so I'm yeah, like, yeah. Does, you know, and it was, it was a tough one. I don't know how she felt throughout the whole thing, but that was hard. Mm. That was hard. Mm. Yeah. But. And this is the reality because you don't get to hide away when you're going through these things. Like you, yeah. you're living in the real world with real people who are having the things that you're hoping for. And yeah. like, and I think I definitely have found ways of protecting myself so and this is for me and I unfollow people like on a for very for very yeah. trivial reasons on social media yeah if you post your husband and your kids too many times Delete. unfollow unless you're my blood relative genuinely or if I'm in a good place like if I'm in a good place which is 95% of the time yes yeah, like, the 5% yeah. of the time Selena's having a bad day and you post yeah. a kissing picture with your husband <laughs> I no longer follow you and it's not your fault it's not personal yes it's just you triggered me in a bad way and now I yep. have to post this for the rest of this week if yeah. so I'm going through where I wouldn't even want to be a mom which has only started happening to me in the last I'd say six months yeah and I am 100% happy when I see yeah engagements I've found my middle of my life I've had my baby my heart yep. is so full but there might be a day when you post about your baby yeah and I have to come cry now for a little bit um. <laughs> So I might just <laughs> unfollow you again. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, oh, it's like, real. It's real. I need to protect my space because I have to function in the world and I can't be doing this. Like the whole time Rhea was pregnant, I did it. I was worried at the beginning. I was worried at the beginning that I couldn't plan her baby shower, yeah, that yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah, go yeah, to yeah. her house, that I couldn't buy her presents. But I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it's because Grace is my niece. Mm. None of that. Even though we're going through this, we can yeah. still just be decent people. 
Yeah. But how are you like looking after yourself in this process of IVF? You've you have that certainty in your heart. Yeah. How are you like caring for yourself emotionally, mentally, although in spiritually in all those ways? Yeah. I think I'm trying to just get on with life at the stage I'm at. Mm. I think before when we were going through the losses and all of that all I could think about was being a mother being a mother and I'm thinking I think I wasted a lot of time I wasted a lot of time looking ahead yeah. and stressing mm. about why am I not there yet yeah. but imagine how many months and years you can waste stressing about that moment in the future that you're expecting to have but in that moment where you're supposed to be preparing or learning and growing and maturing like you could just be missing so much because you're looking ahead and I think that's what I'm at at a stage now where I'm developing just myself in general in all aspects of life I'm enjoying life I'm enjoying my husband I'm enjoying my job I'm enjoying all the other bits I do I'm Mm. enjoying church I'm enjoying life because at the moment I'm a married woman I don't have children yet, but I, I still get to enjoy my life. I still mm. get to enjoy the stage that I'm at. I want to be yeah. content with where I'm at and not mm. be every minute stressing, stressing, stressing. Because I don't know when that will happen, yeah. but I know that right now there's things for me to do. Mm. I know right now there's things for me to achieve. And I want to make sure that every day that I'm, I'm not caught up with too much that's not even here yet yeah and be in the moment yeah I think that's honestly the conclusion I've come to is like this is the life I'm actually living yeah and the amount of energy that I've spent living in the hypothetical world in my brain yeah thinking about my hypothetical future and not living in the real life present that I have right now it's and actually a really helpful thing I've been doing has just been planning things for my life so thinking about where do, what do I want my life to look like in five years time Selena stop thinking about what what if you meet this person and then just ignore those those thoughts yeah just be like you know what what do you want your life to look like because whatever happened you're gonna have you yeah yeah whatever happened yeah. you're gonna have your life yeah and you need to have a plan for that life and whatever happens happens and you'll deal with that but, but you can't live in the limbo yeah and I think that idea of actually being present to the life that we have now and enjoying what we have now and it's so cliche and I'm saying it and I'm sounding cliche (laughs) because I know we're starting to hear this and you're like I'm in a bad place Selena and you're telling me to be present and I know that you want to tell me to show up listeners if you're in a bad place and I get it because I would tell me to show up yeah I can only I can only say that living in the limbo in the what ifs is agonizing and I my brain can't stay there (laughs) so we've got to do this instead (laughs) yeah it's stressful it's stressful it robs your joy it consumes your mind all the little joys that you're missing them the thing is as well it doesn't happen in one goal this is what I've realized about this it happens in like the little so in the beginning like daydreaming about this life you want to have can feel quite nice yeah living in this what if can feel quite nice oh I wonder what we do here I wonder where we're gonna have my partner I'm yeah. gonna go see my partner I'm gonna do that with my kids so I'm gonna do that yeah. it can feel quite nice in the beginning 
Yeah. And then you can end up spending a lot of time in that place in your mind where you're living in this in this not yet. Yeah. And the gap between that and your actual reality can be quite a hard thing to come down to. So mm. I'm definitely practicing living in my actual life, in my mind, being present to the life I have and looking for all the signs of, of goodness, um, all the signs of God's goodness in my life as it is now, because there were so many. Yeah. And I sometimes will miss those things because I'm thinking about my hypothetical life. Yeah. And I think that is a good, it's a spiritual practice, not just a mental practice of like focusing your mind on the now and the good that's happening now. The way that I saw motherhood when I was younger is different to how I see motherhood now. So I feel like if I was a mother when I was younger, I wonder whether it would have been all consuming yeah. and I would have been thinking about it too much and I would have been doubting myself a lot yeah. I'm not a mother now so I don't know how that experience is going to be but I me as a person I've grown so much yes I've developed some I'm stronger mm. I'm more opinionated mm. I my faith is stronger there's so many things that are better now yeah than they were when I first got married there was development that had to be done and I feel like if I had children then would all of that happen would all mm. of that have happened mm. Would I have been a good mother back then if I've just because imagine I I didn't I wasn't always maternal and then all of a sudden I was like okay let me be I, I really want to be a mother yeah. but if I was a mother right then like I hadn't even had time to really adjust. really think about adjust yeah, or yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it or now I've had time now we've had the losses now we've had that it's been on my mind I've had time to really evaluate the whole situation and I feel like I'm in a much better position than when I yeah. was so maybe just waiting on God is there's a reason <laughs> and maybe someone having children at 22 and 21 yeah maybe not comparing yeah you can't it's a totally different journey it is it's totally different and I think and I think it is that point you were talking about in the beginning about consciously being aware of how you want to be a parent and yeah. or a partner or anything else and that takes time yeah. And I think I remember someone talking about having kids later on being a, re- a really good move. Although it obviously comes with the risks, it also can be a really good move because hopefully you've been maturing emotionally. So you're not projecting onto your kids the things that you would have been if you had parenting 10 years earlier or your yeah. insecurities yeah. about yourself. You're not projecting onto your own kids yeah. because you're not, you haven't dealt with any of that stuff and you just start to parent someone else. Yeah. You know, you haven't thought about the fact that actually, like for me, the reason why the single parent IVF route would never be for me is I want to do other things than just be a mum. I'm not that person who's ever going to be like every day, five days a week, I just want to be at home with the kids. I could not imagine it. I'm like two days maximum. Could I be in my house all day with these kids screaming and changing nappies? I need to be at work. Two days max. I can do it. Stay in my gym jams do baking I'd love it to the absolute max for two days a week and then my brain would start to disintegrate and I'd start to think I used to be somebody (laughs) I used to be somebody who people came to talk to and I think I know that about myself now mental health wise I can't be in that house five days a week I have I need to do something with adults and be more than just the mom and I think I wouldn't have known that about myself when I was 21, I would have tried to be my mom. I would have tried to do full-time stay-at-home mom. 
and lost my mind. We're <laughs> not the same. <laughs> but even even looking at my mom, she had me at twenty two, my sister at twenty five. She had Dexter at forty two. So I saw her. I experienced her parenting as a young mom, mm. and I've seen and witnessed her parenting as an older mom. Yes, yeah. very different. different. Same woman, different tactics. Yeah. And she even says that with Deck, my little brother, she's had more patience because she's older. When she was younger, she didn't have no patience. She she explains things to him. She talks things to him. Now, she wasn't a bad mom with us. Mm. It was just different. Yeah. And I've seen her growth as a mother. Um, you know, we were the practice babies. And then <laughs> with Deck, like, she, you know, like, if he's done something, she'll sit him down. Yeah. Can you explain to me what this, you know, why yeah. you did this? None of our parents and, was explaining when no, they were parenting at 21. Don't do that. My parents, there, was, there was no talking. <laughs> so, so there is a difference between, and I'm not saying that all young parents are like that and all older parents are like that, but especially with my mum, I've seen the difference yes, yes. Um, as a mother and her approach to parenting. For me, it's like I feel as if with this whole thing about life taking these unexpected turns that you don't exist, that you don't want. I have said this to God many times in my prayer life. I'm a pragmatic person. If you give me something to do, it's going to get done. If you give me yeah. a project, it's going to get done. You give me a deadline, I'm going to make it. I don't, I don't, I get things done right. And I was yeah. like, you know what, God, I've let you like, I've given my life over to you in many ways. Every step I'm making, I'm praying about it. What am I going to do? Should I do this? Should I do that? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put this in God's hands. I'm going to trust it to God, yeah? Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? If I was in charge, I would already have the things I'm looking for. I'd have my nice man with my nice house. I'd have my two kids. I would be living, we'd be doing story time right now before bed. Do you know what I mean? If I yeah. was in charge. I remember saying this one day to God in my, in my muttering angry state. And... And I felt God speak to me and be like, so what would you trade then? Like from the life that you have, since I'm doing such a bad job. <laughs> yeah. What would you trade then for this husband and these kids? Would you give up your PhD? Would you give up the time that you've had to do the work you really care about? Would you trade your health, the good sleep that you've been getting, the time that you have to do these things that you love? Would you trade the home that you're living in? Like, what would you give up? And I really had to shut up, you know, because I was like, I, I'm in this reality thinking yeah. it's not as good as some other reality. But actually, the thing about being present is realising that the life that you have now is the one that you actually need to be living. Yeah. And you actually don't know what what's on the other side of the thing that you're asking for. Like, And I don't think that that means it's a bad thing. It's just going to be very, very different. And some of those different things are not going to be good things for you. You're going to have to learn how to compromise some of this stuff. And you're going to have to trade some things and I was just like oh and I'm not saying that means I don't want to have a family right but it just made me really stop in my tracks like sometimes you're thinking oh it shouldn't have gone in this way I should have had this by now but I don't I don't know anyone whose life I would trade for my own yeah there is a, a married woman with kids who I think I would trade my life for yours there might be elements of their life that I think are really beautiful that I don't yeah. have but I wouldn't trade my whole life wake up in their reality and give yeah. their mind tomorrow I wouldn't do it yeah I have to deep that sometimes I really do and just really think like Celine your life is rich you know your life is great so just yeah. settle just settle a bit 
like you can desire but don't get don't get obsessed about a thing that you don't fully understand that is a very good point you know because even listen to what you just said and if I look at my own life there are things that have happened since being married even in our relationship even in my life in career the things I've been able to do the opportunities I've had the doors that have been opened that I wonder if they would have been doing if my life, if if I had it my way, mm. if I had those two children when I wanted those two children, whether my life would have been the way it is now and whether yeah. I would change that. Yeah. And sometimes I find it's also thinking like my mum got so much fulfillment from being a mum, then surely I would too. Yeah. Some of it is me realising me and my mum are different women. And actually, I sometimes reflect on my mum and think, okay, for her, this was so much joy and so much, like, so central to her identity, to her life. So surely I'm missing out on something amazing because I'm not living the life she's living and she would never want me to have that life. Everybody can do this thing that I've done. Like, you you have something particular to birth in the world. Like, that's the thing to to be thinking about. And it's, it's really had to make me think about, like, how, why am I unsatisfied with the life that I'm in? Is it because I think that me and my mum are the same? Because the deep fulfillment I get from doing the things I do, from creating the things I get to create, the, the job I've got to do, the, the places I've spoken, the things that, like, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade yeah. it. And I think that is, I feel like this deep fulfillment I have from this might be what my mum experienced. in being a mom like the feeling of I've left this world different to what I've come into it with for her it was leaving us behind for me it's leaving my books behind and a podcast behind and talks behind and all those kind of things and I still might Mm -hmm. have kids you know but I think it's made me realize that there's a different kinds of fulfillment different kinds of things that give us that sense of I'm glad to be alive and it's not always the things that do it for our mothers or for the other women around us. It can be different. And also, I think I really am ending this, Jess, with a real hope that I and other people get to experience that kind of deep peace and confidence that it's all going to be well. Whatever the outcome is, it's going yeah. to be well. And if you have that confidence in your heart, that God has given you this certainty to to hold and to trust that and to walk through the journey with that and I think that is I think that's all we can do is trust in it yeah trust it will work easier said than done but I know I'm trying I think it's been a journey but I am trying yeah we just have to walk it through and be kind to each other and ourselves Mm -hmm. as we wait as we trust as we live the lives that we have and um and try not to hurt anyone else and trip anyone else up on the way you know because it's it's tough out here everyone it is it's just being conscious of other people and wanting to offer some kind of help at the end of the day we are all the body and how are we affecting the body are we benefiting it are we benefiting people Mm. are we contributing to the kingdom in a good way We've, we've got to be there for each other. Mm. It reminds me, you know, when we talked about being kind, about people's silly comments. And it just reminds me of that comment you had, we had when it was, what, well, Uncle's funeral. 
Yeah. At your mum's house. Yeah. And I was just like, people just say stupid things, man. Yeah. And the comment was? By a person who themselves had been through IVF. Yes. She was like, oh, are you having children? I go, um, oh, we're, we're starting IVF soon. You can't have children. With that tone. With... Luckily, I'm in a good place now. But a couple of years <laughs> ago, I would have run upstairs to my mum's room and cried. Um, yeah, people just need to be conscious of the questions and how they phrase stuff and how they speak to people. That's a big thing. But also, on a flip side, I, you know how people get really upset, like you were saying about being triggered? Mm. I think people get angry. And I remember um, there was a girl I know who was pregnant and she was said she was scared of expressing how she was going through that pregnancy. Like she found it tough, but she felt ungrateful to say that it, it, it was hard. Like the last trimester was difficult, yeah. but she was scared. She was worried about expressing that. And I can't speak for everyone else. But as someone who is trying to conceive, as someone who is really wanting to have a child, I wouldn't want any other woman to not be able to express themselves, to not be able to share how they're feeling, to not be able to say, do you know what? I'm having a difficult day. My children are causing, causing me a lot of stress at the moment. Like raising these children is hard or this pregnancy is difficult because we all have to love each other and yeah, care yes. about each other enough to allow people to express themselves like i said in the beginning talking is my is how i how like i, I can stay sane somebody needs to be able to talk someone yeah. needs to be able to and if you can't handle that that that's not a them problem mm. that's a you know what i probably need to take myself out of the situation yeah, yeah, i probably exactly. need to unfollow or i need to but that doesn't mean that that person can't say that yeah, I've heard people say that. Oh, look at her complaining about her children. Listen, I can Listen. imagine that that woman might be going through a tough time. Listen, me, he's waited as long as I've waited. I will complain about my children and let somebody tell me. Listen, and you waited I all just, this time. When the kids are getting on my nerves, believe me. But let's <laughs> I'm going to call my sister man. and complain about these kids. Yeah, and I don't want to hear anything about it because I do, I do believe that. Yeah, this is such an important point, Jess, because I think oh. I. I actually find that honestly refreshing that when women yeah. tell the truth about the challenges they're having in their marriage or they tell yeah. the truth about the reality of what it is to be a mom it helps me to calm down because I can yeah. really have a fantasy in my mind yeah, yeah. about what this yeah. is looking like and these Just... sisters of mine my friends my girlfriends who mm-hmm. tell me this man couldn't even get this sorted out today right yeah. when my friend says to me this baby it's driving me nuts. If I don't go to work soon, I'm going to lose my mind. It yeah. helps me to just like remember it's not all green and that's like yeah. yeah. And like, and it helps me to appreciate where I am. And as you say, like whatever pay- phase you're in in your life, there is, my mom used to say everybody has their trials. Everybody has their trials. And you could be one thing thinking, if I only get that thing, yeah, then my life is going to be, listen, you're still going to have you. It's still yeah. going to be your life. It's just going to have more things in it and more people in yeah. it. Like we have to learn to make room for people to say, even on a day like today, right? There's a time yeah. when I couldn't see people tweet about, tweet about their mums or post about their mums. If I saw people tweeting about Happy Mother's Day, I would crumble up into my bed yeah. and stay yeah. there for the rest of the day. 
and yeah. like the sign of my healing is that I can now say like I can double tap these pictures and say celebrate your mom enjoy your mom because yeah. I did that right like I did that for many years yeah and I think that but at the time there were times when I couldn't so I think knowing where you are at I would never want people to stop saying they love their mom because my mom yeah. is here anymore for me to tell her that because I told her all the time you know I had we had our time and we yeah. have our time it's just a different kind of time now but yeah. I think that that whole thing around being gracious with each other processing your own triggers process yeah. them they're real but let's not then make a cage out of our triggers for other people to live in where they yeah. now can't talk about their kid or their or their partner or their life because they're worried that you're going to take it badly or whatever yeah. you might if you go if you go through your followers you might not find me <laughs> but I don't want you to stop saying what you're saying because you get to yeah. do it <laughs> yeah that's it being gracious otherwise oh. we're all going to be living fake lives yeah. we're living not authentic lives because we're having to protect everything and hide everything yeah. yeah this is a good point to end on jess a really good point thank you so much for sharing this story with us so nice to be here so